What's the latest, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie Flores in the building, and we have someone who's finally in the building who's never in the building. Uh, Ball is Life co-owner, Adik Kasoyan. You guys probably best know him as the guy on the sideline shooting the video, wearing the sweatsuit, not saying a whole lot, but, you know, making a lot of things happen. Adik, thanks so much for, for coming in, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be on the show finally. <laughs> Took us a while, uh, but Adik's in the building. Ronnie. Adik's always busy. He's yeah, not he's, worried yeah, about he's, he's editing. this he, crap. He had to get up early today, right? I mean, like, we gave you an early, early wake-up call? This is early for him. Yeah, I had to, you know, set two alarms for this morning. Adik likes to burn the midnight oil. Drop, and, uh, drop down the 57 freeway into yeah. the building here. It's, it's good to have Adik here. Ronnie, let's start real quickly with, uh, I know you had some things to say about this last night, the college football national championship game, um, Clemson and LSU. LSU obviously won uh, 42-25. to What did you see you know, in that game compared to what you've seen in past games, Ronnie? Yeah, um, it was a well-played game. Honestly, two good quarterbacks. Uh, I see, like, when you see a college game, you look for, like, weaknesses, whether a team has, a, you know, a shoddy linebackers or yep. bad tight end, not blocking. All those players are good. Like, they all look like NFL players. It looked like an NFL game, just the length of it, the way it played out. Yeah. The way it was presented, production is like... It's like watching, uh, like it doesn't seem like the other bowl games in many respects, just because of the lengths of it and how good the players are. Right, like they're much better than an average eight and four college team. Oh, for sure, it's you not know? even close. Yeah, for, just, every single position. Everybody's flying to the ball. Yeah, tackling, running, you know. So, uh, obviously, there's it's it's hits close to home for us because LSU's coach at Oregon used to coach at USC. He could be the coach there potentially, and SC is just like. In such a quagmire, such in the in quagmire. The, in the, in the what is mud. wrong with you? You've been yeah. reading a dictionary or something? Yeah. God, dude. you know they're just like quagmire. What's wrong with those guys? <laughs> they, um, you know, I guess it goes to say, like we say in basketball, as you say a lot, Devin, fit, find the right school, yeah. find the right coaching. Like maybe it just wasn't a fit for him at SC. But I mean, look what he's doing now. It well, obviously just took some time. I think one of the biggest reasons why he yeah. wasn't considered at USC after yeah. being interim, um, was because of the way he presents himself, I guess, sure. or the way he speaks. A true football coach. But the way he speaks, yeah. like, the way he kind of operates. He's a man of, you know, few words. Yeah. Um, and he sounds he like he got off a of pirate sure. of the Caribbean Yeah, yeah for boat. sure. And he yeah. doesn't look the part. You know, they, they, want the a, part. they want a Pete Carroll, you know, 2.0. Debonair yeah. guy that can smooge with the Bo- alumni. Boosters and all that. Of course. But he fits perfectly with LSU. Yeah. They exactly. love that guy. Yeah, they love that guy. And uh, the whole state's happy f- for that. Obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't have his greatest game. He'll be back next year. And uh, Joe Burrow, just a uh, massive yeah, year. Huge year. He's probably going to be the number one well, pick si- of the draft. 60 touchdown passes? That's, That's yeah, crazy. 5,500 passing yards. That's insane. Like, ridiculous. Okay, but you say he's going to be the number one pick in this year's NFL draft upcoming. Probably right, maybe Most unless likely. unless there's like, like a, a need, like a linebacker, or offensive tackle who is just a, a monster. T- yeah, exactly. Yeah. A team Tess needs a that. Um, yeah. Who's the better quarterback long term in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? I would say Trevor Lawrence. Why? Uh, Why, Ronnie? He's a bigger, <laughs> maybe even a stronger arm. Okay, he has a stronger arm, I think. You know, just he looks like he looks like the the kid who replaced Peyton Manning in Indianapolis Colts. Andrew like, Luck. It looks like a, like that type okay. of player. You know, just. Sturdy, you know what you're going to get from him. I'm not sure about Joe Burrow. He's a hell of a college player. Yeah, yeah. 
and he, like you said, he had a legendary season. Um, so that was that was a a great game. Uh, obviously, it took a long time, like a, like a Super Bowl now type of production. Oh, for sure, the halftime yeah. was so long. Yeah, and uh, maybe we'll get into it a little later about those eleven all time greatest players they chose. Obviously, we chose our all decade. Yeah, team we could people. be here for a whole oh, podcast broadcast. on that. Yeah, I could go I into that all. I didn't even watch the whole NF yeah. the, the whole National Championship game because I turn on the Bachelor, bro. The you watch The Bachelor at all, Adik? You mess with The Bachelor? Uh, no, no. Come on, thank dude. God. Thank oh God. my God, you guys are you guys got to watch it one time. It's hilarious. Yeah. So it was just something where they we'll get into it later, but they kind of honored I think the most uh, liked and popular players. You know, Bo Jackson, Roger Staubach, typical kind of names compared to the guys who are really the the true all time greats. You know, Archie Griffin, that type of thing. That makes sense. So, so yeah, I mean. Uh, speaking of all-time greats, will Zion Williamson be an all-time great? I don't know, but he's making his debut on Thursday um, of, of this week, Ronnie. He's been out all year with an injury. Adik is very familiar with our guy Zion because he's like the king of views over the last couple years on mixtapes and things like that. Um, what do we expect? Adik, I'm going to start with you. What do you expect out of Zion Williamson on Thursday after sitting so long? You know, I expect... Him kind of easing his way in, maybe like 10, 12 points, uh, limited minutes. Okay. Uh, might catch an alley-oop, but... Nothing nothing major, you're saying? Yeah, nothing major. Yeah, I would. my thing is when I see him play, I think everybody is going to be like, oh, my God, if he falls or... Oh, yeah. Everybody's gonna be, the whole building is going to be silent. You know, that's what's kind of the worry here. I mean, the Pelicans seem like they're playing a little better, right? Um yeah, Lonzo's I mean, Zoe's playing, having great, a great playing the last three, four weeks. Yeah. He's been playing really good. About What's time. their record? Are they kind of coming along? Maybe the back they're still under the... five hundred. I think the last I checked, they were fifteen and twenty six okay. or sixteen so and twenty six after a win. So they're some still, people yeah. would say just sit them out, rehab. That's what them. we said yeah. in a podcast uh, earlier. Yeah, sit redshirt him this whole year and then get a good another good pick and yeah. try to build. That's what something. I would do. But what would you do, Otik? I mean, yeah, I would definitely sit him out for a year. Yeah. Um. I mean, even maybe not. I think coming back this Thursday is way too early for sure. Okay. Like, wow. there, there's no reason. Yeah, there is um, no reason. There's no reason. Like, yeah. is he even in shape? Yeah, that's you, another that's thing. Another, yeah. You see these pictures of him. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's dozing off. He looks off, like a linebacker. The, yeah, yeah. He looks like he should have been playing last night for yeah. Clemson's yeah. defense. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like, dude, Maybe they could have stopped huge. Burrow with Zion yeah. at linebacker <laughs> yeah. on the defensive end or something like that. Yeah, for sure. He's huge. So, again, he's always been huge. So maybe we're not used to seeing him in a, in a suit compared to, like, his – his jersey and yeah, shorts, yeah. you know, right. but you know he's like they show pictures of him like kind of dozing off on the bench. I saw Dude, that he's huge. <laughs> he looks <laughs> looks like, like he just like had a huge dinner, dinner. beforehand yeah. and oh, just man. was like about to pass out on the bench because he had too much carbs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, obviously, we hope for uh, the best for him, and hopefully they have a you know close strong. Maybe they even make a run at the playoffs and he's healthy. That would be the ideal thing. But if they're in the East, I can see that happening. But I don't know. Yeah. I think if it might be a little too hurt, late. If he gets oh, hurt, it's a whole waste of time. This no, that, that franchise is going to be set back under for years. huge yeah. scrutiny. Yeah. You know, like if this kid gets hurt, just because of the fan for he came in with. But um, it's just like there's no reason to bring him back. You're not yeah. going to make the playoffs. Might as well get another pick. And you're not going to do good in the past. You might make the past. You're not going to beat yeah. the Bucks or, or whoever else would 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 be emerging from the East. You're just not. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it. So, we'll be watching in that. And you know, um, Adik, just to put you on the spot a little bit, as he. Went through high school. He's class of 2018. Um, was he, is he one of your favorite guys to film, or is it just everybody reacts so much to him? Or was he really one of the best guys, you know, 
based on the amount of views he's got, but also his just how good he was. Oh, I mean, he was definitely one of the top three most exciting players we've ever yeah. covered. I mean, hands down. Wow. Um, I never got to film him much personally because he was yeah. over in South Carolina. Yeah. But sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. When you watch the tape and when you exactly people's I mean, reaction, right? And editing his mixtape was probably the most fun I've had making a mixtape ever. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's a big statement. It is. You, I mean, yeah. from guys that you filmed, like you're yeah. not here just to sit here and hang out. Like you're yeah. here because we're gonna yeah. tell your history, get you a little pub here, uh, and all the things that you do uh, within the inner workings of Ball's life. Um, so, the guy you filmed, kind of from start to finish, made their mix at the high school level. Who was kind of the most entertaining, most fun to do for you, personally? Hmm. Most entertaining and most fun. I'm a little conflicted about this one. Give us give us a couple names if you if you yeah. need to. If those okay. are two separate categories, it yeah. might be two yeah. separate categories. Right. Funnest and, and well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I got to start with Lamelo Ball, and I'm conflicted with this one not because he's not exciting, but because going out to film Lamelo Ball games and dealing with the crowds <laughs> and the 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 hysteria that follows is uh, not fun. We have to go to the games three hours early just sure. to get a good spot or to make sure we get in before they hit max capacity. Right. So dealing with that was not fun. But, I mean, the thing with LaMelo is, you know, th the first half will be done, and you're like, oh, nothing's going on. Um, I guess this might – this is just going to be a boring game. Sure. But LaMelo Ball, uh, he always does something by the end of the game where you're just like, oh, my God, now I got to, like, rush – to and race to get this footage up uh, because Melo just did something that might go viral again. And, I mean, he just, everything about him, the popularity that he had, he he, he kind of, he kind of like knew it and he fed into it. Yeah. He played, he played, he played into the attention. And, and I mean, yeah, LaMelo Ball is definitely one of the top guys. Um, Andrew Wiggins was a lot of fun. Okay. Why? I mean, just his athleticism, and especially in AAU, like, he was just, nobody could really stop him. It just came so easy, it seemed like. Yeah, exactly. It was just so effortless. Um, <clears throat> he was dunking, like, four or five times a game, and every time he would jump, he would just effortlessly, effortlessly get his head, abo head above the rim. And that b b up until that point, like, I hadn't really seen athleticism like that. Gotcha. He kind of made the mixtape for you, right? Like, in, in the way he played? Oh yeah, I mean, players like Andrew Wiggins, it's uh, and Zion Williamson. It's just like you're already picturing the mixtape in your head, right? Uh, like months before it's actually even made. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's guys who come around, you know, once in a generation type guys, and all the guys you mentioned are gonna be in that level, you know, when a couple years down the line, when you're making mixtapes for kids who are now, you know, like third graders who are in high school, they won't even know who these dudes are. It's right. it's, it's crazy. But how, give us how you how you got started in this. Um, you started out independently with uh, MixMakers.net. Is that right? Like you kind of started that yourself, or did you have you know a crew of people that used to do that? Oh yeah. So back before YouTube was a thing, and me internet message forums were like where you would go to kind of like uh, get content okay. or just. Basically, the social media before social media. Just talk how, hoops or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. how to connect with people was through message forums. So I came. I was a huge. I was obsessed with Kobe. Okay. And 
And in my free time, I would just like, I loved finding rare footage of Kobe that nobody had seen before and just like collect it. So I came across this website after after doing a lot of search, uh, research called mixmakers.net where people would record NBA games and upload it and other people download the footage and start making uh, videos out of it. So when I came across this website, I saw a Kobe video called Kobe Bryant Redemption. And this video just blew my mind. And the fact that it was fan-made, I was like, wait, hold on a second. I could do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sparked yeah, something. Yeah, there. exactly. I was like, okay, a fan did this, this website. There's already people uploading the footage. And making videos seems like fun. Like, th- th- I could definitely do this. So, you know, that, fr- that was how it all started. I just came across MixMakers.net. I was inspired by other fan videos, and I started downloading Kobe videos in a bunch. So Kobe videos was your like kind of first foray into making a mix, was taking Kobe stuff and putting it together? All I did was make Kobe mixes (laughs) (laughs) for like two years. (laughs) Where where would you post these mix? Like where would you post these since YouTube didn't exist? Yeah, you would upload it to like uh, one of the file sharing websites. Uh, Okay. Back then it was sensepace.com. That was a popular one. (laughs) So you just upload it. I never heard of this stuff before. Yeah, you just upload it to sensepace.com and then, you know, post it on the message forums. And it was such such an active community at the time where, I mean, as soon as you would post the mix, in the next like five minutes, you already have 10, 15 people commenting, which at the time was a lot for a message form. Okay. Let what, me ask, ask you this. So, two questions. Was it, give us the time frame. Is that 04, 05? Uh, maybe this even is, 03? This is 06. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 05, 06. And then did they start, people say, hey, did you guys see this high school player? Uh, you know, was there any high school mix in there, whether it's Gerald Green or. OJ Mayo coming along. Did, did they throw that? It was almost all NBA, like players that were well-known. It was all NBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all NBA. Yeah. And I had seen some Ball is Life videos at the time. Uh, and so uh, somebody from Mixmakers.net, uh, he was, he knew Matt. And he was like, hey, like, I know this guy. He He's filming his own footage. And making videos, like, I think you would be a good fit. And I was like, hey, that sounds good. Like, all this stuff that I'm doing right now, I don't own. I don't own any of it. You know, it's NBA footage and copyright sure. and music. So uh, this sounds this sounds like a, a good next step. So, yeah, this guy named Fad Hill, he put me in touch with Matt, and the rest is history. Where were you living at the time when, when you were doing this? I was living at home. I was still in no, high like school. No, like, literally. What city? Like, what city, what, what region? I was living in San Ramon, California. Okay, so you were up north with with Matt in that general area. I was up north by by the time I met Matt, Matt was already down south. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So did you start filming? You connected with Matt, right? And you immediately go out and start filming high school games. How did that work? No, at first I was just there as an editor. So Matt okay. would film, and he was filming Demar Derozan at the time as a junior. And he would send me footage. I would edit it, and we posted on BallsLife.com. But, uh, you know, eventually I was like, hey, man, if there's any filming opportunities, I'd love to I'd love to try my hand at filming, too. OK, so this is 0607 DeMar's junior year. And you guys just had a little server space like Matt just had a little server space. Like, how did the video live? He just did it ever crash? Did it like or did it, no, it was already functional? You guys already knew like how much space it needed. Like, did you guys have all that lined up or was it like trial and error? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as space, do you mean like online? Yeah, like on your website, like. Oh yeah, so yeah, like the balls life. Yeah, that there was ballslife.com okay. and. Like where did the video was housed? I'm just yeah. Curious. We would host it on our yeah, on our on the website, and yeah. you know at the time, video files were so small, and quality was so low, like 240p, <laughs> you know, and yeah. 360p was like high quality. Yeah. So so yeah, we would host it on the website, and you know, ballslife.com at the time was getting a good amount of hits. Wow. I mean, we had gathered a good following because, like I said, at the time there was no YouTube or anything. So uh, w- once people discover your website and realize they can get the type of content they're looking for, they keep coming back. Yeah, original. Did people say, hey, yo, give us more DeMar? Did they say, hey, uh, there's this kid over here, you know, Phil, go film him, or things like that? Like, how did you guys kind of branch out from there? Like, to other players. Yeah. See, at the time, social media and, like, interaction wasn't that big. So even yeah. though we did allow comments on the videos on the website, I mean, they were very, very little. So it was, I mean, it's not... You know, you post a video now, you get 100 comments instantly. Sure. You know, we'd be lucky if we got five comments within a week. Okay. So, but, you know, people definitely loved uh, DeMar. And at the time, Brandon Jennings was a lot, very popular, too. But he was over in the East Coast. So people would be like, we want Brandon Jennings. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. He'd already West. left Dominguez. He was uh, at Oak Hill, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was at Oak Hill. So he was a senior at Oak Hill. Yeah. Well, DeMar was a junior at, at um, Compton High School. But at one point... Brandon came back and started playing with Demar with Dinos, right on Belmont Shore. Yep, That's right. And you were able to capture some of those games, right? So that was that had to be like a kind of a breakthrough mixtape moment where guys were two guys people wanted. Demar and Brandon were on the same damn team. Yeah, unfortunately, the event they played together, Uh-oh. I wasn't there. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I was at the event the week before. Okay. When it was uh, just Brandon Jennings. Okay. And that was my first time seeing Brandon Jennings live in person. How was that? And, man, he was so exciting. So cocky, you know. He would, like, do something, talk uh, talk crap afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't want to, like, enable that behavior, obviously. But, you know, it, secretly I'm like, oh, my God, I love this kid. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was my was... first time. You know, I was young at the time. I was the same age as the players. So I right. was uh, – it was a lot more big a deal back then. Like, I was, like – I thought this was like my dream job if I could just do this forever. So you film something, you know, now, and you can post that immediately to various websites, various social media outlets, things like that, right? It's like instantaneous. Back when you started, man, it was like you film it, you got to go home, you got to plug in, you got to cut and edit, then you can download it or upload it, and it takes forever, right? What was the competition like with you guys and the other, you know, mixtape creators whether it was hoop mixtape or any other competition um what was that like how fun was it to kind of try and be first yeah so so the with the hoop mixtape and competing with them um that really started happening once youtube was introduced Mm -hmm. and that was you know very shortly after i joined balls life in 2000 or early 2006 i think by like End of 2006 and into 2007, YouTube had already started. And then by 2008-2009, it was a very popular video platform. So once we saw the potential in YouTube and the views, um, and naturally, Hoop Mixtape and us would be at a lot of the similar events, especially when it's big events where all the best players Mm -hmm. are, are going to, you know, we would be there with Hoop Mixtape. And, you know, 
we show <laughs> quickly we realize that whoever gets the video up first more than likely will get most of the views right or we just have to have have a big advantage so naturally we wanted to be the first to upload it and you know not gonna lie us at hoop mixtape we really didn't like each other at the time sure so yeah, yeah that just made made things a lot more competitive and a lot more heated um did you ever throw blows with hoop mixtape we never threw blows <laughs> no <laughs> thank god because uh, i probably would have got my ass beat. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I knew both groups, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, you were, yeah. Yeah, I knew both of them, and, and um, I kind of knew what they were trying to do because I liked videos. Um, you know, me recording with two VCRs, trying to get old tape, trying to find old tape, trying to find guys who liked old tape. And I, I didn't, I figured that, you know, uh, Niels and Durden and, and Matt and Otik, um, they kind of liked the contemporary players. But they understood that there was some video out there like, man, I want to see this guy or I would tell him about this older guy. And it was just like, okay, cool. But we need to film like these guys right now. So I kind of knew what they were doing. like, And um, I could see how hard they were working, uh, you know, being in the gym. Because a lot of at that time, the scouts would kind of come in and when they wanted to sit down, have like they do now, like you would say, Devin, have all their goodies, have all the, the break room food ready to go. And these guys were like rushing to their computers. Hey, can you give me a ride over here to, you know, the other gym? Hey, what'd you, and then it started getting where people were being a little lazy on their end. So they would ask them, Hey, what's the, where's, is that gym behind? Or is that gym on time over there? Who's on that gym? Oh, we're going to go watch, uh, you know, Olick Chez, or we're going to go watch, um, Brand, you know, so they became a source to know the other gyms, like without yeah, having yeah. to go look up. And, you know, obviously there wasn't like turning machine and all those little apps that kind of keep you up to date. You have to look through the book. No, for sure. Yeah. Go skim through the pages. So if you were smart, you if you were smart, you be, befriended them and, and try to use them for good information. And if you were dumb, you just thought they were doing dumb shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, what are these guys doing? They're just doing silly stuff. Right. Well, you don't have a job no more and they have a. A, fl a, a full fledged company for kind sure, of thing. right? So that's why I kind of look at it back then, you know, a okay. little bit. That makes as sense. I, as I rolled around with those guys a few times, you know, or I would say, hey, yeah, jump in, let's go, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, or hey, Ronnie, can I use you know sleep in your hotel room? No problem. Yeah, for sure. You know, if it made sense. Yeah. You know, it seemed like Ball's life kind of you know yeah. separated itself from all the other uh, services when the NBA lockout happened. And you guys were able to, you know, get in those gyms for those, you know, kind of secret open runs. Um, what do you remember about that time, Otic? And, you know, what was what stands out most about that time? Yeah. The NBA lockout summer, looking back, I can't believe it happened and I got to experience it. But at the time where, where I was living through it, it was it was so much work and so hectic because these games would be popping up at the very last second, right? Right. And a lot of them happened to be on the East Coast. So, you know, in Las Vegas, they had a two-week thing where NBA pros came at Impact. And for two weeks straight, there was maybe 80 NBA players playing. So we, I was in Vegas for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And finally, I'm like, thank God I get to go home. On my <laughs> drive home, I, it's, it's announced that in Philadelphia, LeBron, Carmelo, Damn. and all these all-stars are going to put on a game uh, that Sunday, like two days later. So I'm like, man. So on my drive home, I have to look up airplane tickets, see how I can get to 
Philadelphia by this time and then how I can get back home as soon as possible. So, you know, I go to Vegas two weeks on my drive home. Figure out, I find out I got to go to Philadelphia. And that just was basically how that lockout summer happened. Just like no rest, um, always on the go. And, you know, it kind of like the fatigue starts to kick in. You get exhausted. Sure. And it's just like going through the motions. But looking back, like, holy crap. We were in the gym with – we were probably witnessing the greatest – NBA All-Star Games, the most entertaining and authentic NBA All-Star Games with us and anywhere from like two to 5,000 people in like a very intimate environment. And I was just like on the court filming LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry before, you know, he was a superstar, Kyrie Irving, and all, all these all these superstar players. Just, you know, on a, every week, week in, week out, just go to a different city, go to gym, and just witnessing this. And it was it was absolutely crazy looking back. Yeah, that sounds insane. So take us back through that Las Vegas to drive home to, to Philly. You book your flight. How how long, when you get home, did you have to get ready or whatever, get your, get your shit together and get to the airport and get to Philly? So I got home that night. I slept. Oh, well, I, I booked my ticket. You don't sleep, Attic. <laughs> <laughs> so I booked my ticket. Uh, I stopped I on my drive, booked my ticket, went home. I uh, slept, woke up the next day. Uh, later that afternoon, I had to fly to Philly. Damn, that's crazy. That's a crazy turnaround. And that's, correct me wrong, that's summer of 2011? 2011, yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit. Did you guys find out, like, uh, the Goodman versus the Drew League? Was that at the end? Just re- no, Goodman was the Drew. Uh, was that later? There was two. The first one, I think, it, it kind of kicked off all of the, yeah. uh, the like city versus city yeah. lockout games, and that that just kind of like from there it snowballed into bigger and bigger games. Gotcha. So yeah, that there was one at the start of the summer and one towards the end. Got it. Got it. And was like, were you guys getting any insight from whether it was Dino Smiley or? Maybe an NBA player you knew, or somebody who knew an NBA player, like this is coming up, or was yeah, you was found out like, info. or did you find out like everybody else? Oh yeah, we find out when the flyer would yeah. go on Twitter, and then you know within within an hour, everyone's sharing it already. Gotcha. So it was kind of a social media was already kicking. Yeah, where the mouth was crazy during the lockout summer. I mean, just people using Twitter, and I mean, people were so interested. Just imagine LeBron James just being like, hey, we're putting on a game in this city. Come through. For five bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was just great. The access was easy. Yeah, talk a little bit about the um, – because we'll get into it later about access to games and stuff now in 2020 compared to, you know, 10 years ago or even a little bit before 10 years ago. Like the access to those games and then the access to, like, uh, you know, grassroots travel ball events. Was it – you know, you just went in as a media. Did you just go in on your own? Did you pay? Did you know what did you do there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I never had a problem. Yeah, <laughs> paying to get in. Yeah. Um, towards the beginning, you know, people for the most part were were nice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they'd be they'd be like, "Oh, do you have a media pass?" Yeah. And I'd be like, "No," and they'd be like, "Okay, you got to pay." So I'd be like, "All right, whatever, I'll pay." Sure. I mean, the people were. All, as long as we paid, people always let us film. So at the end of the day, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Um, definitely people didn't take us as seriously in the beginning. 
but it wasn't as big of a deal as you would imagine. Got you. Um, and maybe this is uh, the point because we're going to go into some other things in terms of uh, keeping growing the company and stuff. But like anybody else, at what age or what time did you say in your head, regardless of what you told Matt, like, uh, okay, dude, I this is taking up this much time. I'm making this much money or I'm not making any money. Like, I may have to go do something else or – did you have to verbalize it or did you guys have already a strategy in place even if you like quote unquote lost money at the beginning? Or did you say to yourself, dude, okay, how am I, you know, what am I going to do here to right. yourself? So, I mean, there was a lot of grind, right, yeah. at the beginning for sure. years. I think both Matt and I at the end of the day had an understanding that hey, we we love doing this. Uh we see the potential. I mean, people are gathering our fan base was growing rapidly. Um, we weren't making money for, for years, but we were both young and, you know, we were going to school, we sure. were working other jobs. So, you know, we, this wasn't like, Hey, if it works, then it works and we're going to try our best. But, you know, we, we were kind of like positioning ourselves to have other options if it didn't work out. But, you know, but we both knew that like, we love doing this and we're going to stick to it until the wheels fall off and. You know, eventually it worked out. Take us through some of your your other jobs you had part time or whatever while you were filming, the 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 best and the worst. Uh, give us some some, some jobs that Ada Kasoyan held while uh, being a Ball's Life <laughs> filmer in the beginning. <laughs> uh, well, when I first uh, started working for Ball's Life, I was working at Chuck E. Cheese at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. Uh, that's, that's good. A good what were you doing at Chuck E. Cheese? I was the game room attendant, right? <laughs> so, I mean, dude, everyone thinks Chuck E. Cheese and they laugh, and you know, trust me, it's funny. It and that's funny. why I even applied there. I was like, oh, it'd be kind of funny to work at Chuck E. Cheese. And then I got, I got hired, and I was like, oh well, I do need a job. I'll take it. So, you know, I would show up to work. There's 80 games there, and you just the first thing you have to do is go around, play every single game, make sure they work. That's pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, that and of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, That's you fun. get you get to the basketball one, and you just like spend like twenty minutes <laughs> on that one. Yeah, you break the record, and so nobody else can break it. Uh, you have so much practice by that point. So then, yeah, afterwards, it's just kind of like you know going around making sure all the games are working, uh, help out with it here and there. But definitely, definitely, everybody had to take turns being Chucky. And oh, dude. Oh, damn. That yeah. is hilarious. Oh, yeah, and nobody liked doing it. And for me, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. Yeah. So, so I just started having fun with it, and it kind of backfired because then people were like, oh, we'll just keep asking Audic to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good times at Chuck E. Cheese. Dude, that is, that is hilarious. Were there any memorable moments about when you were Chucky, like things going wrong or things going bad? With, with kids or, like, a party or something? Like, you tripped and, like, fell on something or anything like that? Oh, man, there was... Uh, I mean, once a week you would get a kid who just, like, would hit you in the, <laughs> in the, in the wrong places. Yeah, and it's just, like... And you at Chucky, like, you're not supposed to touch the kids at right, all. Right, for sure. So you're just, like, uh... You're just kind of, like, blocking your private regions. <laughs> And you're like looking at, trying to like signal to the parent, like do something about your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, oh, it's so cute. Oh, that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. So, Arik, um, what were some of the struggles you had? Or take us through a little bit of overcoming your time as a creative individual. You're trying to grow this company. You see some vision. 
But then you have to report to work, you know, that kind of thing. You have things in your personal life. Obviously, you're you're trying to finish school, or maybe this is a little after school too. You know, you're just managing the time. How did you get a hold of that and and start taking advantage of time instead of being like you feel like you never had enough time or you're dragging down? How did you start uh, figuring out your um, you know, you're kind of like your time frame for a week or how much you wanted to work on it compared to going going to work and things like that. Right. Um, I mean, you know, not going to lie, I wasn't that good at it for a while. I would, I would, you know, I would go two weeks of just like completely dedicated to Ball's life. And then the next week, you know, I'm just like working my day job and I get home and I just like. You're burned out. Yeah, burnt out when I pass out. Yeah, um, you know, there's definitely sometimes struggles with having motivation to go film certain games because it's just like going through the motions at the time, and you know, you just gotta you just gotta stick with it. But yeah, definitely, there was just like there was times where you would kind of um, lose some motivation and then you know you gain it back a week later it's just part it's just part of the grind you know sometimes sure. you put all this work in and then you don't you don't you're not seeing the results so you're like eh i'm just gonna take a break for a couple of days but you know the, the we just definitely kept kept at it and and being useful and and wanting liking it and loving right. it helped big big time so i want to take you through something that I, I i personally went through and kind of involved you. So we're going to the McDonald's game. So I went to the one in 09 and then the one in 10 in Ohio. And um, you guys were there. You and Matt were there. And we're going to the practices and whatnot. And uh, you you probably told Devin. Matt's probably told Devin. I'm just like throwing F-bombs. I'm just going through my day. And well, I'm just on the like, drive or yeah, what? When I'm you just, were driving? Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Matt, just, yeah, Matt, Matt told me about that. I'm just trying to get through it because <laughs> went crazy. I'm just like, Honest, to be honest, the way um, I thought of it now is when I was during my time at ESPN, I'm working with people that I know that, that don't love basketball. That's irritating me sometimes during the day. Like you said, sometimes you get irritated. You, you're... So at that time, you know, that's 2010 is what, 10 years ago. I'm just like, F, all oh, this, you know, damn, shit. I got to report to this. I got to turn in this form. It's just corporate America kind of, you know. And I'm just like, I got to get to this event. All right, yeah, Otto, Matt, let's go. Let's roll. Let's go to the practice. Practice at 9 in the morning or whatever. So I, I kind of understand where you're coming from from there because I'm just irritated by people who don't like it as much as me. You know what I mean? Or I know that they're trying to get into another the NBA division or some editing division. I'm like, I, these people I don't want to deal with. I love high school. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So this is 2010. We're in Columbus. Did you guys already think about the Ball is Life game by then? Or did what spawned you to think about the Balls Life game, considering you guys just started covering Jordan and, and McDonald's, that type of thing? Right. No, honestly, we weren't thinking about the McDonald's game. I mean, the Balls Life game. Yeah. Up until 2011, when the rosters, McDonald's rosters were announced. And uh, at that point, it had been a few years where the West Coast representation was just like a joke. You and know? it's still poor. a joke. Yeah. You're poor, poor. Yeah. Very poor, yeah. So. And, you know, we, I mean, we've always loved the McDonald's game. And obviously, because how strongly we felt about the roster, um, it's almost like a compliment to them, first of all. So it's not like we're taking yeah. shots at McDonald's. But, you know, when we saw the lack of West Coast representation, we we're like, 
we felt like we kind of like owed it to our West Coast guys. So we were like, hey, maybe probably like this is in March or maybe late February. And oh, then, yeah, 2011. Like, yeah. yeah, 2011. And then in a month and a half, the idea spawned. And in a month and a half later, the game happened. The first game happened. You, so you put the first game on in literally a month and a half. Yeah, it was it was very fast. I mean, you know, don't quote me on that. I don't you know, it's been years, but it, it was very yeah, but short. Yeah, super super short time period. What do you remember? Where was that game hosted at and what do you remember from that first game? That game was hosted at Cal State Fullerton. Okay. And, you know, with the Falls Life was getting at the time views that we were we took a, we were very happy with. And we we we'd never done an event before. Um, we're very excited and nervous, but we think, hey, our videos get d- this many views. Uh, if this percent of the people show up, like we can easily fill up a four thousand a four thousand seat uh, gym mm-hmm. with people, and we're like, oh yeah, we could do it. Like, look at the impressions we're getting. If we just get like one percent of this of the of these people to show up, then we'll fill fill up the gym. So yeah, we were just kind of very, very ambitious. We went into it, which you know how you should go into anything. Sure. And you know it was uh, when the game happened. First of all, it was the most stressful weekend of my life. And <laughs> and yeah, second of all, besides family and friends of the players, maybe like fifty fans showed up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like. Okay, this weekend was the worst weekend of my life as far as like stress levels. Wow. Uh, uh, the and nobody you, showed up to the game. You didn't get the turnout you expected. Yeah, the turnout was nowhere near. Nobody showed up to the game. I mean, I'm so exhausted. I'm so emotionally drained and disappointed that I was just like, if you had asked me after. Like the day Two after, weeks or long yeah, week later. we'd be an ally. I never want to do yes. this again. Gotcha. But it continued. Um, but I, yeah, did you guys? I'm sorry to cut you off there. When yeah. you saw the that the emotionally drained, did you see the value in it, or no? It's just too much work. Just when did you see the value in it? We saw the value because you know, at the end of the day, the way the players have reacted to Baller's life and. The kind of support they've shown us, especially at the very beginning, because really, you know, it was Baller's Life on the West Coast, Hoop Mixtape on the East Coast, and we were really it, man. So the players really rallied behind us, and I just remember some of the players getting interviewed before and after the game, and the stuff they were saying about Baller's Life and about the game, it was it was very encouraging, and, you know, it meant a lot. Um Looking back, it was just like, yeah, it was just what the pl- the players kind of like the way they reacted to it and how thankful they were and like how they perceived Baller's life. It was just like that's what we remember. We we kind of forgot how stressful and hard it was, and we just remembered that like, hey, this is this is the this is what the players were saying. Like, I want that fe- I want that feeling again, where you know, <clears throat> where the players are just so genuinely thankful for what you did for them, right? And, you know that that's really what made us made me want to do it the second time. Yeah, because Matt said he told us that he didn't want to continue doing it, and you were adamant about continuing to do it. How was that um, battle between you guys? And obviously, you won. 
I mean, it wasn't hard for me because we just be like, whenever Matt and I got into disagreements, uh, just like two mature adults, we would, we would go ask other people, like, what do you think? He said this, <laughs> he said that, you know? So we had our little circle who we would go to to settle our arguments with. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's like, no, you guys have to do it again. So, you know. Uh, yeah, the first time's always the hardest, right? Yeah. And, you know, I got to mention that uh, Atope and Dinos, they were, they were very, very helpful at the beginning. Right. So Connecting I think, you with players yeah, exactly. and promoting and it. Those guys, those guys were definitely um, a big factor. Saw the value in it. it. Yeah, because they are like, yeah, well, you guys got to do it. You, you should keep doing it. They were, they were very supportive always of Ball's life. So, you know, they're, they're a big reason why we kept doing it too. Nice. Talk a little bit more about you and Matt as co-owners. Um, how you guys work well together. I'm sure there's plenty of times where you don't work well together, but how how does how do you and Matt how are you able to form that cohesive unit? Yeah. So when Matt and I first met, we were teenagers and you know, we had this common common goal um in Ball's life, uh, common. I mean, uh, we we love this thing, and that was obvious from the beginning. And so, over the years, traveling constantly with someone, and you know, spending days in the same hotel room in the same car. I mean, you get annoyed with each other pretty fast. You For know? sure. <laughs> Matt and I, uh, you know, there's been times where we've got we've gone pretty pretty heated towards each other, and it, it, it's natural. You know, just like. We were, we were kind of like two young, two brothers, just like he was the older brother, I was the younger brother, just constantly fighting. And then, but we knew at the end of the day, we always knew that, like, no matter what we said and what we did, like, at the end of the day, we were going to be fine. We were going to be cool because uh, <clears throat> that's how much we loved in Ball's life and we believed in it that, like, we weren't going to let anything get in the way. Mm -hmm. So that's how it all started with Matt. Uh, I mean, that's how we kind of things kind of started with Matt. And you know, at the beginning, Matt would also film. Um, he would film a lot more than me, actually, until I kind of like slowly started getting more serious into the filming, and you know, just taking Ball's life more seriously. And over the years, we started realizing that hey, you know, we need to work. We need to work smart and mm -hmm. not just hard. And you know, Matt. Matt's skill set, I mean, he's a good filmer, don't get me wrong, but he's he's an entrepreneur by nature, you know. So slowly he would he would always naturally just gravitate towards handling like all the business stuff and uh, meetings and talking to people and I would always just I was always the cre more creative guy, so I would you know, stay up all night editing videos and just like coming out with these cool concepts and ideas and you know I just loved spending hours upon hours on on my computer editing so you know naturally we kind of like discovered our strengths and we started focusing we started you know he would he started handling the more business side and you know making balls life profitable or not just profitable but generating money and make turning it into a business and mm -hmm. then I started focusing more on the video side and making sure that you know ball's life is the go-to you know for content sure. creator for basketball yeah. and you kind of took that and then branched out to various parts of the country whether it's in texas with brad right 
Yes. And then, uh, in, you know, kind of North Carolina in the South. And then in Chicago with Scott. Uh, and, how did, and Tom. And Tom and, in and St. Tom, yeah, and Tom in, in that area as well. Um, how did you, you know, form that idea and then execute that idea? Yeah, so at the time, so Ball's Life, we had, you know, a, we had like a cult following. And every now and again, we would get people who would message us like, hey, I want to work for Ball's Life. And we'd be like, hey, I mean, people thought Ball's Life was like a huge company. We right. had like an office building <laughs> and whatnot. And they didn't realize these, these two teenagers. Uh, so eventually, with Twitter and social media, when Twitter, the first, during the early days of Twitter, some guy messaged just the video from Texas and he was. He was filming LeBron Nash on a really Brian Nash, yeah, Oklahoma re- State. Yeah, really crappy camera, bad quality. <laughs> and he's like, hey, he sends us a clip of LeBron Nash and he's like, give me a job at Ball's Life. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to do it. Yeah. And at the time, you know, LeBron Nash is athletic kid. He dunks yeah. on people. So automatically, you know, Ball's Life, he was a Ball's Life target. So I was like, oh, man, well, let me just reach out to this guy. So I reached out to him and I was like, hey, like, We'd love to have we'd love to have coverage of LeBron Nash, but we can't pay you anything, right? Wow. And, and he's like, "Hey, man, I just really love Baller's Life. Like, I'll I'll do it for free." And, <laughs> that's and yeah, awesome. that's how Brad started. And, nice. And uh, yeah, like uh, after a few months, we were like, "Okay, well, we can give you like three hundred dollars a month to do like a full time job." Sure. And he's like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, take a little bit of that. I'll jump a little forward. Do are people now like a little arrogant and cocky with that? Like if they have video of a guy out there, or they hey, can I get a job with Balls Life? Like yeah, can I can I, you know where can I apply for a sixty thousand dollar job? Or is it not like that? No, it's not like that. Yeah. Okay, you know, we definitely get a lot of emails inquiries. and inquiries yeah. Yeah. that people want to film for us and. Uh, sometimes it just comes down to the area they're in, they're in where it just doesn't have the talent or, the, yeah, the, or like uh, the teams that we're really interested in or really we think is necessary to have coverage of that area for that time. Sure. So it comes, it, it just comes it comes down to that. Like it's not really any, um, like we don't like we'll we'll hire anyone who sure. with the camera. Gotcha. And editing skills and things of yeah. that of that nature, right? Yeah. As long as they fall through and they're yeah, yeah. on yeah, time. Exactly. Reliable, yeah. actually turn in things, make a good mix, things of that nature. Um, who was kind of the first guy, you said LeBron Nash was a guy that, that Brad pitched. Who were some of the guys that, you know, uh, uh, Scott and Tom were filming in, in their regions that, you know, when they first initially joined were kind of the big names? Yeah, so Scott... I met him at McDonald's All-American practice, and he was just there with a the flip phone. And I'm like, hey, who are you filming for? And he's like, oh, I'm just filming for myself. And, uh, yeah, this yeah. is, I mean, yeah. this is so back in the day where McDonald's All-American would just give media to anyone because, you know, yeah. right. they were, besides uh, NBA scouts and coaches. Uh, Nobody's at the practice. Yeah, no one's at there. It's just, uh, it was just yeah. us who mixtape, and then one year, and then next and year, Scott. Scott was there with his flip phone. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, just to give people some background, it was in Chicago like five or six straight years. So Scott was already in Chicago, right? Yeah. 
So anyway, I was like, hey, Jabari Parker was in was yeah. in right. high school at the time. Yep. Yeah, he was a he was going into his junior. He was a sophomore at the time, and then you know, by then by then the season was over. So, but I was like, hey, you know, once I saw that. The pitch worked with Brad, where it's like we can't really pay you, but this is what we do if you want to be part of it. Okay. I, I, I gave him. I was like, I told Scott the same thing. Like, hey, this is what we do. I mean, you're already doing it for yourself. It's not like you're getting money, so you know we can at least cover your expenses, and maybe we can throw you a couple hundred dollars. You make a couple hundred bucks doing this, and he was like, Yeah, I'm down. You know, I love doing this, and Scott is has a lot of Chicago pride, so you know. I think he naturally he wanted to put Chicago on the, on the map, and you know that's how we got Scott. And yeah, Jabari Parker was his main guy, okay. uh, followed by Julio Okafor. Okay, okay. It's interesting now how um, the mixtape and the the filming, uh, you know, uh, focus has has turned into a money making thing for people, right? Right. People who are filming for Ball's Life, they're expecting to get paid, as opposed to when you hit up Brad. And Scott, it's like, hey, we can't pay you. But if you want to do it, you know, there's there's potential there. That's a big change. What other big changes in the mixtape industry, the filming industry, the content creation industry have you seen since you started it with Ball's Life? I think the biggest change has just happened with the internet, how the internet changed. I think Ball's Life, we were very fortunate that we got into this at the perfect time, like, Ball's Life started, YouTube started, and we were just growing with every single platform. And right. a little later, Twitter came, Instagram, and we were growing with this with these platforms. So it worked to our benefit, obviously, being first in all of those. And yeah, looking back now, I think where social media and the internet has come has played a huge role in where Ball's life has come, you know, as soon as social, as soon as Instagram really became like the go-to source for most people. Yeah, for, especially especially the younger high school. Generation. Yeah, exactly. And these players started turning to celebrities, and this whole market just took a took on a life on its own. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how everything turned out. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about your work life, Otic. Um, spending you know hours in the car, in the plane, in the gym. You know, Ronnie and I have similar experiences. Um, you know, going to gyms for ten plus hours, twelve hours a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're married. You're married. Yeah. Um, you you, ha- you know you got a dog, my guy. Um, you bring him in here every once in a while. But how do you, how do you, you know, separate those two things? Like how how can you spend time doing both? And keeping both areas happy, it's tough. I I, yeah, I try to do it myself. Tough. I mean, for the longest time, it was a it was a very big struggle. Um, but the thing with Ball's life is, it's a never ending job. There's always something to do. I mean, at any moment, I can do something productive towards Ball's life. You know, it's like it's my baby. Yeah, sure, sure. Like if I don't look after it, and Matt doesn't look after it, nobody else will. So that knowing that it would, you know I, for a while I guess it was a pretty unhealthy relationship. You be no, you can be as yeah, real as you need to like, be. Yeah, I, I was a I was a workaholic, and not that it's a bad thing, but 
I mean, at least you're not like doing crack or something, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and you know, I was before I started dating my wife, I was I'd done balls life for seven years, where you know I didn't have any, I didn't, I wasn't in a relationship, and I didn't really have to. Right, right. Uh, you didn't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, exactly. So uh, just imagine seven years of that, and then started dating someone and trying to get her to understand that. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Ballers Life isn't like any other normal job. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, well, you need to like set boundaries and stuff. I'm like, I understand There's no what you're saying, There's but no how can you no. set boundaries for... Uh, Jabari Parker's yeah, like, last game. <laughs> exactly. Ballers Life. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, the more I put into Ballers Life, I mean, the more it benefits yeah, the more and it gets grows. Out yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like, like I said, it's a never-ending job. So, so f- part of it was me... Well, part of it was over the years, Ball's life uh, becoming business and revenue coming in where we can afford to bring on some help. And then once we were in that that position, I was always hesitant to allow and bring on other people because I've been doing this for years. Uh, There's a very specific style to the editing, to the filming and... You know, I would tr- I would try to teach some a person to do something that I did, and of course they got it wrong the first time, the second time, and I would just be like, "You're cut. This, this is useless. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna do it myself." Right. So I just like kind of like took on too much responsibility. So I think eventually learning to let go a little, let bit. go of that, trust yeah. other trust people, them, yeah, yeah. and you know, just empower other people, and because it's, it's my wife described it best. She said. What you're doing now is just not sustainable. Like it might work, it's it might be working right now, but it's not gonna work forever. Uh, this is gonna lead to other issues. Like it's just not sustainable. So you need to just go ahead and trust other people. And Matt's told me the same thing. So. Yeah, like whether it's health issues or, yeah, serious burnout or yeah. something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like the amount of interest in the field has maybe helped that because there's so many people doing it now that their skills are just as good as yours editing or filming or whatnot there's so many people you have a lot of people to pick from now yeah is that kind of played a part in it oh definitely i mean the last year and a half especially like i remember zion's senior year in high school maybe even starting the last last year i was just like man how are we gonna find someone to film this guy and i mean and now it's just like at any, in, at any, for any given player, there's like four or five different uh, people c- contacting us saying, "Hey, like, can I film for you guys? Uh, I, right. I can film this guy." So, yeah, I mean, where we're at now, uh, this our you guys space, are pretty fortunate. Yeah, our, yeah, our space has just gotten so mainstream and popular that it's pretty crazy to see. Yeah, when I first started getting into the content, like writing side, scout, quote unquote, side. Um, everybody wanted to be a scout. Do you guys remember that? Everybody wanted to like work for rivals and like write <laughs> recruiting updates and like all. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was all guys wearing their you know short shorts and right. their their boat shoes with no socks and just kind of you know at events. And you guys were the minority well, yeah, in that we were, field. Yeah. And now it's completely flipped. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we were kind of like looked down upon. Right. At least sure. that's why I feel like. No, I don't you know were for sure. Was. Yeah. Why do you think that was? And why do you think it changed? Ronnie has some thoughts. I, I can some, see I, it in his I, eyes. I, I, I got some thoughts. I will, you first, and then 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 Ronnie's gonna chime in on that. Okay. Well, first of all, whenever you put a camera in a in a kid's a in a kid's face, face, yeah, and you're giving him attention, especially being the only cameras at the time and so new, like 
you have no idea how many times like a player did something like it's such a bad yeah, play yeah. or move just and you know he's just doing it for the camera and you feel awful about it and the, coach, <laughs> the coach takes him out of the game so like that was never a good feeling and like you kind of almost feel and especially with like how people react to you like you know the basketball purists i guess the scouts and whatnot. sure yeah, yeah. uh you know it, it does take an effect on you but at the at the same time with the re- response and feedback we were getting from the players the parents and the fans uh, it it definitely I mean it outweighed it to the point where it never really it never really like discouraged us sure. to keep doing it. But yeah, it was definitely something we had to deal with that it was not fun at the beginning. Yeah, Ronnie, what do you got to say? Well, I, I can see your eyes. Yeah, you like, see Ronnie, Ronnie squints his eyes. He has something to say. Well, I look at it again. Going back to some of those situations we're talking about, whether it's at a Vegas tournament, Adidas, you know, uh, summer championships or Fab Forty Eight or or whatnot, even more of a local event, a high school event. I'd, like you said, some of those guys were kind of like, you guys were in the minority. They looked down on you. I think because some of it's like they're getting exposed. So what I mean by that is they're making $40,000, $60,000, $80,000 a year working like a quarter as hard as you guys. You get what I mean? So mm-hmm. and I see it, and you guys are not making any money or whatnot at the time. Oh, like what are those guys doing? Again, I think it's they got caught up in, uh, like you said, Devin, people wanted to be writers. They wanted to be scouts. Well, that industry's gone in many ways to the tank. Like, as we know, Sports Illustrated's cutting writers, cut writers recently. USA Today. USA Today's cut writers. Newspapers are hemorrhaging all over the country. Whereas, like, you guys are in a in an industry or help create an industry that's yeah. ticking upward. So... They didn't have the vision, and I think some of them got exposed for not really loving the game. That makes sense. They, I've seen dudes around basketball. I said, you don't love the game. Dude. Who's who's offered? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Who's uh, offering? <laughs> well, I'll give you an example. What are you one time for in a school, I one time I was at a favorites? rivals convention. I was at a rivals convention in Nashville. This is two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And this is what do they do at this convention? Um, talk about the the team sites, okay. how they grow, the strategy of it. The we were involved in at the time. Student sports was involved with. Um, Rivals was kind of like the uh, proprietary or kind of like the sponsored company that we'd give the Nike camp results to the 40 times. The, the You know, the, all they, the information they put that from on the, the camp. player profiles. Correct. Correct. So it was like a big thing because especially at that time, there was the most um, authentic camp and really the only camp around for football. So um, we're going to this convention and... I was somebody involved in basketball at the time, and we're coming in late at night, like at two in the morning or something like that. Uh, and the hotel, the host hotel, and we're in, we're going up the lobby to the elevator, and the dudes are just going, "What do you think? Where do you think he's gonna sign? What do you think are his four favorites?" I'm like, and me and my buddy are looking at these guys like, <laughs> "You guys can't be serious." Like it was like two thirty in the morning, and they're talking about tomorrow's little update about. Joe Blow football, Johnny football. What were his four favorites? I mean, they were dead they were serious, serious about it. I was like, you guys need to give it a break. It's like that's not that's like like Audic said. Eventually, he's gonna crash and burn. Like it's not. All the kids are putting that on Twitter. All the kids are have somebody making their own graphic Graphics, for their yeah, last yeah, yeah. five, uh, final five or final ten. So you're whatever you thought you were gonna do at the time is out the window. Right, like the you whole breaking I mean? commitments thing is done now. It's done. Yeah. So uh, in hindsight, yeah, I, I always kind of like made myself to say, okay, I like uh, the history of the game. I want people to know who are the All-Americans. 
Balls Life All-Americans, McDonald's, Round Ball, where they went, where they went to high school. I found some kind of, um, you know, that not a lot of other people were doing. And I think that's where you guys come in. You guys did something that a lot of other people were doing. Some people saw the value in it. And some people obviously haven't, and yeah, they're I mean, not going to get people it. People still, still aren't know. seeing it. Yeah, I no, mean, that's still that, not going to get that's it. That's going so, perfectly into what we're going to talk about next. Is yeah. you know, a lot of people will watch a mixtape and like you know, like a cross or whatever, and someone falls, an ankle breaker, and like, oh, that was a push off. Or you show a mix of somebody, and it's all offensive clips. Oh, where are the where's the defense? We want to see you defense. Yeah. And the, most of the complaints, and one that we heard kind of over the weekend. That sparked a local kind of Twitter firestorm was um, showing the game or showing a highlight of a player or two players and they lose the game. And you're not showing the, the fact that team. that team yeah. lost the game. Not you specifically, but like just in general, the, the mixtape um, community. Yeah. Um, that's a knock. And, you know, people are upset that um, sometimes the, the, uh, the highlights don't really show the the true game in itself and what happened in the, in the actual game. How do you go about, um, you know, separating those things is showing a highlight of Josh Christopher and Dior Johnson, but they lost the game by 15. Like, I mean, it's driven by views and clicks and that's what the highlight is for. Am I right? Right. Yeah. So a couple of things about that. So me personally, honestly, if a team loses by 30, I don't put out the highlights of the of that player, but of those players, I, I but I mean I understand, and it, it's not as big of a deal as people make it out to be because this day and age people are expecting to see Josh Christopher and Dior Johnson highlights. That's just the truth, you know. So at the after the game, you you give people what they want now, and how we balance with like you know the. Oh, but they lost. Why are you putting out a video of them? Well, A, because they're the star players, and that's what people want to see. And B, the way we treat social media, and so if we, if they lost, then there's the full highlights version on YouTube where it shows every made basket from, okay. both, from right. both teams. So, I mean, there's where you go to watch the full game highlights, and, you know, we clearly show the the star players losing by 30 or whatnot and the other team winning and all of their points are, are up there on youtube right on instagram i mean there's no time for have, that yeah you exactly have, you have time constraints right yeah and again you know like if they lost by 30 then you know I mean, you that, might incorporate yeah, it into that, your that might be title like, that, that's like an extreme case i think yeah. that just happened that happened this weekend it's a one-time thing so you know whatever it's okay to criticize it that one time but you know, I, I'm not. It's not like that big of a deal. Whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, everything's packaged differently. If you want the full highlights, like we go, we show the unbiased highlights of all baskets made on YouTube. So. Nice plug. Yeah. Search ball is life on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you guys want to watch the the full game highlight, and a lot of times you guys break to the scoreboard for a few plays, right? You break to the scoreboard, yeah, exactly. show the score. We show the scoreboard. So I mean, yeah. people can basically get it. Uh, an idea of how the whole game went in just 10 minutes. Yeah, I think our guy Neil Nieves made a good point about this. It's, it's like on Twitter and Instagram, like the average basketball fan who's trying to see what Josh Christopher did or D.R. Johnson is literally just looking for what Josh Christopher and D.R. Johnson did. They don't or The highlights. They don't care about the score of the game because they're not avid followers of high school basketball. They're not avid followers of Southern California high school basketball. 
They don't care if Mayfair is on the open division watch list. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're there for the highlights. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and high school basketball really like if 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 they lose, if Mayfair lost to Rebay, like no one really cares. People are just I mean, want to see people like me and Ronnie care, but right, like right. the average high school, exactly. like, average balls life follower on Twitter or Instagram just wants to see the, the latest crazy the move Josh Christopher right. did. That's what they right. want to see. No. You, want, you can follow me if you want scores or follow yeah. a newspaper reporter if you want scores. And I thought that was a good point that Neil brought up. Devin, did you, are you on that take that you think will go somewhere else for that information? Or do so, you think it should be incorporated? What What is your take? I mean, I'm like you said, basketball purist. That's what I am. Um, yeah. So the the tweet in question that I saw it wasn't from Ball's Life. I don't remember which uh, outlet it was from. But it said, like, the, the caption was, Josh and Dior were serving buckets today. Yeah. But, like, they lost by a lot. Yeah. So they clearly weren't, like, serving, serving buckets. buckets. They, yeah. Trust me, they serve buckets plenty. Like, there's lots of right. buckets they serve. But in that particular game, they didn't really serve buckets. The other team was the bucket servers. So that's where I kind of have a, an issue with it is, like, make the caption kind of fit with know, what's going fit on. Fit with what's going on in the game. I don't know. Right. To kind of give some context to that, and yeah. I completely agree with you. Like I said, I think this weekend, them losing by 30, like we personally, we didn't post the highlights because, you know. Because that's yeah. not what But if did, somebody yeah. did, it's not like they know about the game, so okay. they just see that and they caption it. So there needs to be better communication between those people. Right, yeah. Like this, this is what happened. They lost yeah. the game, but here's the highlights. Right. I don't know. Well, it's like you said, yeah, Devin, yeah. Um, if – Ball is life does serve that fan. If you want to see how good the team is, go watch. Look at the Fab Fifty. Go to the you game can, or go to the game. Yeah, <laughs> go look at our website. Go look at Devin's Twitter. Go on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. yeah, watch the full highlights. Yeah, I mean you can find the. There's avenues to find what exactly happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like scores, uh, perspective of the game. There's plenty of. It's not that hard to follow those people. Yeah, is the point. Right. You know, it's not. You um, can you can find well, final scores on Twitter with. Within so seconds. many different people. Like, yeah. if you, me, Frank, and Joel, and and Tark from the Daily News are at an event, like three out of the five of us are going to tweet the final score cool. of that game. Yeah, it's not doesn't seem too hard. Yeah. So there, like you said, there is some kind of. Um, let's be honest. There is some kind of either uh, disrespect of the unknown, um, not respecting what somebody else is doing. What I think is a little weird is why are you filming or. Taking picture of somebody doing their job. What, yeah, like what are you doing? Shooting the baseline or whatever. Shooting the baseline. What? Would that happen? Yeah. So, like somebody in the newspaper industry is shooting the baseline. Like, like look I think at Sandy, these guys. I think, yeah, yeah, I think Sandy posts like what's Sean Hollywood and other people too do it. Like, yeah. why are you filming? Filming the filmers, in essence. What are you? Nobody's filming well, you. I think. I think one. Devin, the biggest, no filming you takes stats. I mean, yeah, yeah. that would be really boring. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. think the the issue is those guys, yeah. old school newspaper people, feel like you guys, people who are filming and taking photos or whatever, are impeding on them. Are them? partially responsible for the downturn in the newspaper industry. You think that's what it is? I think. I think. Okay. I think as as a bigger issue, I think that's what it is. But they can film if they want. Yeah, Sandy can, can, can go and sit there yeah. with his cell phone like overtime and just like film stuff and post highlights if he wants to. And sometimes words, he does. You had the the ability to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over ten years but, ago, twelve years ago, fifteen years ago. But what I'm yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is like they nobody stopped you. Those people or the newspaper yeah. industry is upset that guys like Otik and who who Ball's Life hires has taken that industry and ran with it, and now there's no turning back. 
for that no the newspaper back. industry. Yeah, the, there's yeah, no turning it's, back. It's over with. Like, yeah. they're, they're stuck with their print product, and people are going to you know see highlights on Ball's life and. You know, maybe that that says to them, yeah, I don't really need you know newspaper subscription because I can just go see highlights on Ball's Life or on Twitter on or YouTube, on Instagram yeah. or whichever other company posts those things. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe well, maybe that's part of it. My thing is, I get the being factual and having a good title. I get that, but um, nobody's telling anybody other in the basketball industry, whether it's an event operator, a newspaper person, how to do their job. Why do you keep telling this group how to do their job? Because they think they know better. Is that what it is? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just arrogance. It's just jealousy. Things like that. Interesting. Yeah, that was that happened in the last week. And I've been on both. I've been watching it. You know, I've been looking at it a little bit, and I have, you know, I I I get it, and I just don't. I think the proof is there. Uh, You're trying to tell a group how to do their job or criticize them that in a thriving industry or niche industry, thriving niche industry industry that that. These guys at Ball's Life had a hand in creating, creating and starting and so, jump starting. So why are they? And then so why would they? Why would Artaglu sleep over that? <laughs> That's what I would he, say. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He only no. loses yeah. sleep because he doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he only loses sleep because something happens. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, honestly, if I can add something. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. Real Close quick. it out. Close it out. Uh, you know, I used to worry about how people perceived Ball's Life, and you know, if Ball's Life. Um, and uh, because of kids wanting the attention and like playing to the camera, like mm-hmm. uh, the negative negative effects Ball's life could have. But you know, over the years, and especially as the internet grew, I st- a few things became clear to me: is our job a is not to teach basketball; it's to showcase basketball, make basketball exciting, and market it in a way and, and bring it to you, the fans. Yeah, bring it to the fans, you know, in have the, the next yeah. you know, I mean when you were growing up you didn't watch like you didn't like get excited over like a well-run play. You got excited when somebody got crossed or somebody got dunked on. I mean, I, Tim I'll, Hardaway, I'll, baby. I'll say, I'll say I got yeah. excited over well-run yeah. play, but that's just <laughs> Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I also got excited over dunks and, yeah. and right. crossovers. And you know, you start like idolizing yeah. players and sure, like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, and especially with where the internet has come to nowadays, like you just gotta embrace it at this point. Like yeah, it's not going is, anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's yeah. only for better or for worse. Like video and content is gonna be king, mm-hmm. and you know you just gotta like adapt to it. And sure, there's always the good. There's always the bad, and sure. there's no point on focusing on just the negatives. You know, and you know our job is just to make bring basketball to the masses. Uh, these players are celebrities in their own rights now, and there's demand for content, and, you know, we're just playing our part. The man himself laying down the law, Adek Kasoyan, co-owner of Ball is Life, uh, epic filmer, epic editor, <laughs> uh, legend in his own right. Thanks so much for joining us today, man. I know it's getting hot in here. You got your full sweatsuit on, as you always oh, yeah. do, so I'm sure. It's like 200 it- degrees. <laughs> But uh, Ronnie, I think I think that's it for for this week, man. It was this was a good one to have Otacon. Yeah, definitely gave people a lot of perspective. Um, you know, again, I seen it from the beginning. Uh, seeing these guys working really hard. Uh, again, you gotta love the game and have some vision of what it is, of where it was going. And, and to bring up your point, you brought up a good point. I bring it back to Magic Johnson. Um, he was with Alley Gear, I think, for a long a long time. And he had a commercial there towards the end of his career where he'd won, like, the back-to-back MVPs. And 
they have a commercial, I think, out in Venice Beach or out in the open. And what do they show Magic doing? Dunking at the end of the video. They, they show him dunking at the end of the at the end of the video. So it's like Magic Johnson, the best passer. Yeah, yeah. And of course, like you said, what do they show him doing in in his thirty second piece? Dunking. Right. So it's it's it only goes to reinforces what what Otik is saying about where the industry going and why it is the way it is. For so, sure. um, you know that that's great stuff. I'm glad it's growing. I'm glad that I you know played a part in part of it now and you know and seeing them growing from uh you know like you said not people not respecting it completely to not um you know for them not turning a profit to being able to uh you know employ people help people's livelihood and be interesting to see where it goes from here no doubt great stuff great stuff that'll do it for episode 52 of the in the paint show presented by ball is life you guys can find us on the various streaming platforms, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts, we can be found. We appreciate you guys checking in with us again for another week. But until next week, we will be signing off. Peace.